Yeah, I mean, I think you've got to um, you've got to restrain yourself in talking about what um, what normalisation is. So I think the probability is that uh, there's enough uh, criticism of uh, of inflation. And even of the uh, the governor of the Bank of Japan at the moment, so that the the replacement will be not a, a Ministry of Finance guy um, who wants to keep down um, interest rates to keep their their um, interest costs down, but much more a, a, a BOJ guy who look back on the hyperinflation of the early uh, war years and say we never want to go back there again. But then, if you put one of those BOJ guys in place, what will they do? Well, I think that the chances are at the moment the ten year is, is um, held at. Uh, zero plus or minus 25 basis points. They might open that up to uh, plus or minus 50 basis points, but they, I, I don't think they're going to say, you know what, we're just, not, we're just going to let it find a level. Um, and, I, I and, don't think that's in the cards. And very briefly, then, from an investment perspective, you think Japan can continue to outperform, and where in particular would, would you look at in, in Japanese stocks? Well, I think the the fact is Japan's incredibly cheap. It's got the uh, the stimulus. The uh, the growth is better, um, and of course, if you look at the real effect of exchange rate, it's off fifty eight percent since uh, since mid nineteen ninety five. So as a uh, a production base, it is brutally um, uh, competitive. So yeah, I think um, now is the time to be picking up stocks that are high dividend yielders with uh, her uh, defensiveness. Okay, Nick, thank you very much indeed. That's Nick Smith, Japan strategist at CLSA in Tokyo. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. And in Tokyo, the Nikkei 225 right now is down a third of a percent. The Cosby in South Korea is flat. The SX200 in Australia up a quarter of a percent. Looks like the Hang Seng is going to rise about 20 or 30 points at the open. Thank you very much for listening. Please join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. I'll be back with Money Talk coming up after the news. Back chat with Janice Wong and Ada Wong. The weather forecast can be sunny and very hot. Prolonged periods of sunshine. Maximum temperature around 26 degrees in urban areas. A couple of degrees higher in the new territories. And the outlook is for it to be persistently very hot and sunny for the rest of this week and into early next week. The very hot weather warning is in force. It's 30 degrees already, 70% relative humidity. Times 8.32. Here's Andrew Shorsky with the half-hour news. Thank you, Peter. The hospital authority says it's increasing COVID testing uh, after a cluster in the surgical ward at Shatin Hospital. A chief manager at the authority, Gladys Kwan, said more staff dealing with vulnerable patients would take PCR tests twice a week instead of once. Patients will be tested on admission day and again on their third day. She says the authority may also step up testing for visitors. The workload we anticipate, which we can't manageable. So I don't think that will be affect our usual services. And we think, as we have just mentioned, it really did help us to early pick up those positive cases. With the early confirmed cases, then we can isolate no matter the staff or even the patients and so that they can get the appropriate treatments. And also we can stop the spread within the hospitals. Meanwhile, health officials reported 3,906 new local cases and three more deaths of COVID patients. There were also 224 imported infections.
Overseas now, President Zelensky of Ukraine says he's confident that the export of grain from the country's Black Sea ports will resume this week, easing the global food crisis. Government officials said the first port to open will be Chornomorsk, south of Odessa, following last week's deal signed by Moscow and brokered by the United Nations and Turkey. But after a Russian attack on the port of area of Odessa on Saturday, some opposition politicians in Kiev have expressed skepticism. Kira Ruddick is the leader of the Golas party. You cannot make deals with Russia. They will always break their word, they will always lie, and they will always screw you up. And what we have seen was kind of hashtag we told you so, because like a day after the deal was signed, they bombarded Odessa ports. And what we have seen from the other parties who signed the deal, from the United Nations and Turkey, they said, oh, we condemn these actions. There have been fierce exchanges during a head-to-head televised debate between the two candidates hoping to replace Boris Johnson as the leader of the Conservative Party and British Prime Minister. Liz Truss said tax increases announced by her opponent Rishi Sunak when he was chancellor would crash the economy. Mr. Sunak criticized her plans to cut taxes and delay the repayment of the government's coronavirus debt. Under my plans, we would start paying down the debt in three years' time. So I'm not putting it on the never-never. I would start paying it down in three years. That's Uh, simply not right. You promised almost £40 billion of unfunded tax cuts, £40 billion more borrowing. That is the the country's credit card. It's our children and grandchildren, everyone here's kids. We're going to have to pick up the tab for that. that Conservative members have expressed concern that the tone of the leadership campaign could undermine the party's image. That's the news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Janice Wong and my co-host today is Ada Wong. Good morning, Ada. Good morning, Janice. On today's Back Chat, we're looking at hot weather health hazards after two men died over the weekend while hiking in the scorching heat. The Hong Kong Observatory has already recorded seven days so far this year with temperatures reaching 35 degrees or above. The most since records began in 1884. It's so hot the government is planning to add the observatory's heat index to its guidelines to prevent outdoor workers from getting heat stroke. But will this be enough? How dangerous is it for people to work or play outside in the intense heat? After 9.15, we will look at pet abandonment, which is reportedly on the rise. Let us know your thoughts, your questions and your comments on our Facebook page. Backchat at RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at RTHK Dot hk or you can call us of course and our number is 23388266 um, to kick off our discussion this morning we have on the program lawmaker Lam Chun Singh from the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labour Unions and family doctor Betty Kwan good morning to the both of you Good morning. Good morning, morning. and uh, thanks for joining us on the program. Um, Now let's start with you, Dr. Kwan. Um, Exactly how dangerous is it to be outside these days? Well, if you're exposed to uh, the heat of today, well, then you can uh, get into a heat stroke. Um, First of all, uh, you know, you may feel uh, a bit tired, and then uh, you will feel uh, 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 your your, your leg, your your calf muscle may have uh, cramps. 
and then uh, your even your abdominal muscle may feel a little bit crampy, and then you will feel tired, you will feel uh, dizzy, and then uh, you will uh, have no urine coming out. And then um, later on, if you do not, uh, you know, stay back in the uh, shade and you don't drink enough water, your core temperature will rise up. And then if you rise up to uh, 40 degrees centigrade, which is about 104 degrees Fahrenheit, you will end up with heat stroke. And then um, your it's very dangerous and um, your, um, your heart will have irregular heartbeat. Um, your, uh, your, your, your kidney will shut down, your liver will shut down, your muscle will, um, you know, disintegrate, uh, what we call rhabdomyolysis, and then uh, you will have uh, pulmonary edema, that means your lungs will have a lot of water, and then uh, you can die, uh, and then uh, you can die, and then you can have um, a lot of, uh, you know, and then uh, you, end up in tro- uh, you end up in coma, and then you can die like that. So serious. Well, uh, Dr. Kwan, this sounds really, really serious. But um, if you look at um, the, uh, the temperature in the last few days, and today mm-hmm. it is uh, estimated that uh, it'll be around 36 degrees mm-hmm. in the urban areas and a couple of degrees high in the new territories. So uh, what is your advice to to people who must work outdoors or or kids are now having their summer holidays or beginning of the summer holiday, uh, they would like to go and do sports. And um, would you say no to these things? What, what would you say? Well, actually, it's very dangerous to stay out in the sun for a long time because of the heat. And then anybody can end up with heat stroke, you know, even if you're young and fit. But then if you have to go to work like that, then you have to work, right? So I, my advice is that you must sleep well the night before. Have a good sleep first. And then uh, when you wake up, you must make sure that you are perfectly fit. You know, you have no fever or, you know, uh, uh, um, and then um, you, 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 when you wake up, you must feel fine first. And then uh, you are, if you are... If you're on any chronic medication, like if you have hypertension and all those things, then you must take your medicine before you go out. Huh? And then you must drink enough water, a lot of water, uh, have a good breakfast, and then uh, you must bring some water with you before you go out. And then the water we recommend is not distilled water. It's the water with a little salt in it. So you, uh, for one bottle of water, you can add a half of one teaspoon of salt so as to replenish your salt, because when you sweat, you lose a lot of salt also. And then you wear, of course, light-colored clothing, like, uh, you know, short sleeves, and then maybe shorts, and, you know, don't cover yourself up in a lot of heavy clothing. And um, um, if, if it's possible, bring an umbrella, you know, to, sh- to, to, to make sure that you're in the shade. And always replenish water whenever, you know, it's possible. Now we have to go... Uh, out wearing masks. Wearing masks, you know, make you feel uh, hotter because it's just like wearing another coat like that, you know. So you have to make sure that, you know, you always try to stay cool and not expose yourself to the sun for a long time. Now, just uh, walking up broadcast drive this morning, it, it was already um, more exhausting for me than usual because of the heat. I, I just can't imagine how workers who have to work outdoors are coping with this weather. Um, Mr. Lam, do you have any idea how these workers are dealing with this heat? Um, do they get more regular breaks? I mean, what's their working condition like uh, during this uh, scorching heat? Uh, yes, in Hong Kong, it's very hot in summer and 
and we always have a very hot weather warning in in the summer. And I, I think, that especially for the outdoor worker, they suffer a lot under the high temperature. Um, there's about uh, uh, for each year there's about 20 cases heat stroke related work injury cases uh, registered in labor department, and, and the existing. Occupational health and safety law only require the employer to provide a safety uh, working environment for the employees. But it is difficult to prove that uh, the employer violates the law if they require the worker work outdoor under very hot uh, temperature. So, uh, and, and, and also the Labor Department introduced a week's uh, assessment to prevent heat stroke in workplace and we have a checklist for the employer so the employer can use the checklist to check whether uh, they meet the requirement to ensure they can take appropriate measure to protect the outdoor worker under the very hot weather and I think if all the employers can take these measures we can protect the worker in fact uh, for example, uh, uh, the, the, the guideline also suggests that uh, under the very hot uh, weather warning, uh, the, the, the employer should arrange the work before 10 a.m. or after 4 p.m. Uh, under very hot weather warning and also should provide drinking water to the workers and provide the shelter area for rest and also should improve their ventilation system and increase the airflow and also need to provide the thing and permeable clothing for the workers. So it's a good practice. But I think it, the guideline is not the legislation, but only guideline. The Labor Department can only encourage the employer to follow. But uh, we have a question that whether all the employers or, or the most of the employer will follow the guideline. That's the question. But what have you been hearing? Are more most employers uh, following the guidelines? Do you know? And and I think the Labor Department also to promote the guideline, but but I think um, not all the employer will follow the guideline. But uh, now, I think the government is uh, working to review the guideline and also uh, will study the heat index. Uh, which is provided by the observatory, and I think uh, uh, we we also expected a more clear guideline uh, for the workers and the employer. Um, Mr. Lam, but, but um, you know, all this sounds uh, not very uh, practical. Uh, if I can think about, you know, who who are the outdoor workers? Obviously, construction workers and workers in you know many many infrastructural. Uh, projects around Hong Kong, um, they need to start work early and they can take a break for lunch, but they they need to resume work. Um, how how likely do, do you think that this sort of start before 10 and stop for a while and start again at 4 p.m., that is simply not a very practical guideline? Uh, yes, so, so we believe that uh, not all the employer 
and employees will follow the guideline because uh, there's uh, so many industries that require the worker to work outdoor. For example, uh, as you mentioned, the construction worker in the outdoor construction site and also the cleaning workers and, and the gardener and also the worker in the airport parking area. And they, they also suffer a lot in the summer. But but uh, it, it depends on each, uh, it depends on different employer. Uh, as we know, some of the outdoor worker can have uh, less time after uh, half hour working and, and they, they can take a rest, especially at, uh, uh, for example, 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. at that time. But some also need to continue to work for two to three hours at outdoor, uh, also under the uh, uh, hot weather. So it depends on different employers. We, we, so we have a question that uh, not all the employers will follow the guidelines and also some of the workers still suffer from the high temperature. All right. Uh, Mr. Lam, I have an email here. It's uh, from Vic. He says uh, he wants to highlight a specific case. He says uh, the security staff at Kai Tak Sky Garden are facing the risk of heat stroke. They have no cabin and are using makeshift tents to protect themselves from the sun. Also, they have no easy access to drinking water. It is sad that in the midst of luxury properties being built around the location, basic needs of these workers are not being met. And uh, he has a picture of, uh, of the area uh, attached to this email. Um, so, Mr. Mr. Lam, what's your response? I mean, what, what can be done? I mean, will you be following up on uh, maybe cases like this? And, and, and I think, it, as I mentioned, and, and now uh, to preventing the heat stroke uh, is, is not the law, but only the Labor Department provide a guideline. So uh, we um, also expected the, the government will will study the heat index. Um, for example, for example, uh, we we urge the government to to uh, 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 study the heat index, and and maybe the labor department can design a heat index system with different level, uh, like the air quality health index, have different level. For example, serious, uh, very high and high and moderate. If the heat index reaches the serious level, you, you, we can use a red signal and, for example, stop all the outdoor work. And the second level, at the very high level, for example, the outdoor work uh, for half hour, then you should have 15 minutes black or rest. And, and, and the third level is high level outdoor work for 45 minutes, you should have a 15 minute break. Um, so uh, that's an example. So as, as you can see, you, you have different levels so that the employer and the employees uh, will understand the arrangement when they face different heat index level or at different temperature. And which is much more clear than the existing guideline, the risk uh, assessment to prevent the heat stroke in workplace is more clear. Uh, we have different level of heat index so that all the employer and the employees can can follow. And and I think this uh, move a uh, step uh, uh, forward. But but we, we we urge the government to 
to introduce the heat uh, index system guideline as soon as possible. All right. And Dr. Kwan, what's your view on that? Uh, the government is now updating guidelines to prevent heat stroke uh, for workers, and uh, it will include uh, um, the observatory's heat index. Uh, it, it may include that, which basically means it won't just consider the temperature, but also other factors such as, uh, for example, humidity or, or whether the worker is working under direct sunlight or the work intensity. Do you think it will be useful? Temperature is one index and the humidity is also one index. If the humidity is high, then um, it, uh, we, will, uh, we will end up with heat stroke more easily because, um, you, know, um, you know, the sweat will not be evaporated so easily because every time when we sweat, we are, you know, um, uh, we, 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 we're, we are dissipating some uh, body heat, you know. If, 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 uh, if, uh, um, if, if the humidity is high, then uh, it's very difficult for us to evaporate our sweat and so um, we'll end up with heat stroke more easily. Another thing is that, uh, you know, guidelines are guidelines, but we should be more humane. And then we should, you know, um, not, uh, say, uh, maybe work for 45 minutes and then rest for 15 minutes. If the worker's feeling uh, not well, you know, if um, now if uh, uh, the worker's feeling a little bit, you know, dizzy or, you know, is feeling very tired or has a feeling of nausea and vomiting, then, you know, he should, uh, be, uh, be, uh, he should be allowed to take a rest. You know, because he's already, you know, uh, intent, he's, he, you, you're anticipating that he will end up with heat stroke already. You should let him immediately go to a shade and drink lots of, um, you know, um, water and then, um, you know, cool off, uh, um, maybe take off some clothes and then uh, 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 take a good rest and then, um, you know, and make sure that um, he is able to urinate. If the worker is not able to urinate, he will have no urine for, you know, several hours then he will end up with, with heat stroke very easily. So one index of whether you're dehydrated, whether you end up in heat stroke, is whether you can urinate. If you can urinate well and if your urine is not very deep color, then you will not end up with heat stroke. But if you cannot urinate, and then if you go to urine, urinate, and then the urine color is very dark and you have very little urine passing out, then you are in a danger of running into heat stroke. So make sure that workers have lots of water to drink and make sure you allow them time to go to the toilet to urinate. Right. And Dr. Kwan, what do you think of the email that I just read out earlier about uh, security staff at Kai Tak Sky Garden? Um, who who uh, they who have no they have no cabin and are using makeshift tents and they have no easy access to drinking water. What do you think of their risk of uh, getting heat stroke? Well, they would end up with heat stroke very easily. I think you know to be more humane, they should have each of them must have a bottle of you know uh, ice water you know with them, and then they can drink you know when they, when necessary. And then I think you know uh, one thing for the security uh, people, you know. I think that your uniform is too heavy, you know. Yeah, they always have, uh, you know, long trousers and maybe, you know, long sleeves, always like that. I think, you know, it's time that, you know, because, uh, because you know, uh, the summertime, I think it will, because of this um, global warming effect, I think it will be getting, you know, hotter and hotter each year. So I think, you know, it's time that we revise the uniform for these stars. Um, Dr. Kwan, um, how about your clinic? Have you received, um, you know, um, any patients lately, you know, who might have suffered like a mild heat stroke? Yes, 
sure. You know, but then they never know that they are uh, they are they are suffering from you know heat illness. You know, they always come and say, oh, they're dizzy, they have headache, they don't feel well. You know, it's maybe because they don't drink enough water. They end up like that. You know, they feel very dizzy, uh, very tired, uh, have a, a, a sense of you know nausea. They don't feel well. You know, and then. Or sometimes, you know, uh, another another picture is that you know they you know they have this they suffer from heat illness, and then um, they and then they sweat a lot, and then they immediately go to the aircon room, aircon places, and then they 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 and then uh, with a wet body, and then they got chill, and then then they have a running nose, and then they have a headache again, and then they. You know, and then they thought they have COVID, and then they test themselves. The uh, the 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 RAT is negative, and then they thought, you know, what happened? You know, do I have a uh, flu, or you know, or or or, or, or the Chinese got gummo, you know? And then they go to the clinic, and then actually they are suffering from a heat illness. Right, uh, but there's uh, no prescription needed, right? You might just ask them to drink more water or rest. Yeah, but they also need some uh, prescription for their symptoms. You know, if they are, uh, feel nauseated, if they have a headache, they may still need uh, some prescription. So, so when temperatures are go up to around uh, 36 degrees these days, um, how much is enough water? How much should we consume? Um, now, don't 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 drink water. And uh, 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 some people, you know, uh, feel thirsty, then they drink water, and that's already too late. You should drink water as much as you can. Uh, make sure that you know uh, uh, you, you don't end up. Uh, you, you, you make sure you don't feel thirsty. If you feel thirsty, then you drink water. It's already too late. And then you, you should drink water. Make sure that you have, you know, you 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 have urine to pass. You know. So how much water you should drink depends on how much activity that you have, you know. If you're staying in an aircon room, you know, okay, maybe, you know, six six cups a day, you know, as usual, it's good for you. But then if you go out to work, like the workers, they may need as much as, you know, you know, liters and liters of water. And, uh, and, 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 and by water, I mean not just the uh, distilled water, but water with, uh, with the salt, or what we call the sports drink, all right? They may need as, as, as liters and liters, you know, depending on, you know, whether they, they are exposed to um, um, uh, the, the sunlight, uh, whether uh, their environment is very hot, and whether they are, you know, um, they are, they are uh, uh, working very hard, you know, whether they are, uh, whether they are exerting themselves very hard, you know. Uh, if, if they don't drink enough water, and if they don't, you know, sweat enough, and then if they don't cool themselves down, they may end up with exertional heat stroke. Which is very serious, you know. This one, they will, uh, that uh, they will, uh, the, the muscle will uh, disintegrate. What we call the rhabdomyolysis, and then um, their electrolyte will be uh, disturbed. That means the, the potassium will rise, and then the, uh, and then the, the calcium will, will, will decrease, and then the, uh, the urine, and then the, the kidney will shut down, and then they can die. Um, Mr. Lam, how about um, your office or the Kowloon uh, and you know Hong Kong Kowloon Labour Unions? Have they received um, cases lately uh, on um, on heat stroke on workers having to work long hours outdoors and they don't feel well? Uh, uh, yes, uh, uh, as I mentioned, um, uh, many workers uh, 
they are mainly came from uh, the cleaning service industry. For example, the cleaning workers in, in the park, in the open area, and also the pet control worker uh, in the garden. And they need to uh, carry something and, and, and very exhausted and, and suffer a lot uh, in the hot weather. And also the construction worker in the outdoor construction site and, 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 and they have uh, only uh, very little time to, 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 to rest. So, so that's a problem. So, so that uh, now uh, we urge the Labor Department to uh, review the guideline as soon as possible. And, and of course, uh, although the guideline is not the legislation, but, but uh, I think the government can promote more heat index guideline later um, but if uh, uh, after a period of time we do not see any improvement and also a lot of heat stroke related uh, work injury cases and then the government finally should consider whether you whether we have uh, whether we need the legislation i think right in the mainland uh, there is a, a leave called um, you know high temperature leave because I, I was talking to a friend in Nanjing, and um, she told me that next week, uh, from next week onwards, they have a several days of leave. Do you think this might work in Hong Kong? And I think in 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 the law in Guangdong, we we can see that if the temperature is above thirty nine degrees Celsius, all the outdoor work at open area will be suspended, and and the, the worker can have a rest. But I think, uh, all, uh, and, and I think all the outdoor work need to be suspended is an extreme case. Um, for example, in Guangdong, uh, if the temperature is over 39 degrees Celsius, but I think there are only two to three days in each summer and very special cases. So it, it will not create many inconvenience to the, uh, to the employers and the employees. But at least we can suspend the outdoor work under very extreme cases so that we can provide better protection to our outdoor workers. All right, uh, all right uh, Mr. Lam, we have to take a short break for the news. Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's lawmaker Lam Jin Singh from the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labour Unions. Many thanks also to her family doctor, Betty Kwan. And we will continue our discussion after the news when we will be joined by Professor Patrick Lau from the Baptist University's Department of Sports, Physical Education and Health. And a quick look at the weather. It will be fine and very hot with highs of around 36 degrees in the urban areas and uh, the very hot weather warning is in force right now it's 30 degrees relative humidity 72 percent on rthk Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Tuesday morning with Ada Wong and me, Janice Wong. This morning, we're talking about hot weather health hazards after two men died over the weekend while hiking in this scorching heat. And according to the observatory, the scorching heat will continue for some time. So what activities should we avoid or what extra precautions should we take? Let's find out from Professor Patrick Lau from the Baptist University's Department of Sport, Physical Education and Health. Good morning, Professor Lau. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. Um, although it's uh, been really hot over the past few weeks, people are still going out hiking, playing tennis or swimming and uh, many other different sports. Uh, what should people watch out for when they exercise in this scorching heat? I think the best thing to 
you is make a smart choice before you go out for the outdoor activities. This is the first and most important precaution measures before you are exposed to a uh, dangerous condition to your body. So what and um, what what are the precautions then, Professor? Yeah, I would say to avoid this situation is risk the index of, of the heat index first, because most of people will only pay attention on the temperature, like the 30 or 32 or 36 Celsius. But actually, the heat index will give you the very straightforward um, factors that under what temperature and the danger, uh, dangerous will be higher. So for example, actually uh, 30 degree is already should be cautioned if the high humidity uh, happens. So the heat index will give you a more uh, clear understanding of uh, what kind of dangers uh, could happen. So, so in the, under this situation, 33 to 36 Celsius is already extremely um, cautioned to the people when they pick their outdoor activities. This is first one. The second one is um, the 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 accessories you, you pack, if you really go for outdoor activity like tennis, you mentioned, or hiking, then I think um, right now in the market, there are so many accessories you can buy to, to prevent it. For example, if you, you always keep yourself cool, like the, 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 the hat, the, the headband with the, the uh, wet towels, always cover your neck and your forehead. It will help to uh, cool yourself down and always um, drink more water. Um, dehydration is the first thing you need to alert. Most people, they have a misconception that when you feel thirsty, that you should drink. That it's too late according to the exercise physiology because your organs, if they lack water, it's far before you can feel from the throat thirsty. So if we say, when you feel thirst, then you drink, it's too late. So what we can do is before we go out for hiking, uh, under this extreme hot weather, you should drink thir- uh, half liter of water before you go out for the outdoor activity. And then every 20 minutes, you should have a sips or a few sips of the the waters, or the best one is the, the sport uh, drinks like they have uh, electrolytes. It will help you to supplement the loss of electrolytes in your blood. So those are can be done before you go out. Right. I have a message here from a listener, Richard. He says that anyone who goes out hiking in the middle of the day at the moment is asking for trouble. Um, Professor, <laughs> if people do go hiking, should they pick a, maybe early in the morning or, or evening? I mean, can they still go hiking? Is it advisable? Uh, yes, I, I believe this is a good advice to everybody because uh, the outdoor environment is absolute. We cannot change it, all right? But we can change our, our, our condition. For example, the the audience mentioned um, you can pick the early morning or the uh, evening time. This is a good choice. But at the same time, I think that our body condition should be considered. Most people, I think, um, especially those people that like hiking, are, are maybe uh, a little bit older. 
So uh, some of them may overestimate their body condition because many people will miss their good old days when I'm university student, whatever, okay? So the best thing is when you wake up in the morning, you should sit down and measure your resting heart rate. This resting heart rate index will give you a very clear understanding of what condition of your body at that day. Uh, for example, if your average um, resting heart rate is 65 per minute, then in the morning, if you have a uh, resting heart rate higher or lower than your average, that you are not in a good condition due to different factors like you overwork, you have a, a business trip, or you, have, you just come back from a fever, then you should not go out for that kind of very high demanding outdoor activities because your body simply cannot afford it. So this is something we should consider before you go out besides the external uh, environment factor, which is your internal body conditions. I think it will help you uh, be a smart uh, um, exerciser when you go out for outdoor activities. And what signs should we uh, watch out for if we do go out, uh, you know, for exercise and, uh, and it's hot? I mean, are there any warning signs that we should watch out for? The first one I just mentioned is the heat index. This mm-hmm. is the external condition. But if you look at our own body conditions, the first thing is your resting heart rate, as mentioned, and then you should do more and longer um, stretching. Because before the heat exhaustion or heat stroke happens, you have a body cramp. So the heat cramp will happen right before the heat uh, exhaustion. So you can, if you can do a better warm-up and stretching, it will help to release your muscle tightness and it will help too. On the other hand, I would recommend those uh, hikers to use a uh, hiking pose. Many people have another misunderstanding that those poses are only for the older people or the, the, the people that are not fit. Actually, it is not. The hiking pose will help um, people better balance, so to save a lot of energy when you hike. So it's for everybody, they can uh, prevent the heat cramp right before. So this is something we can do to, to uh, reduce our heat cramp possibility. All right. I have another, um, uh, this is an email from Alonzo. It's uh, not directly related to what we're talking about today, but it's a uh, it's bit bit related. It's, uh, it says, given the current hot and sunny weather, the public is likely to flock more to the beaches. But have you seen the state of the public beaches in recent weeks? Absolutely yeah. disgusting. Here And then he attaches a picture of uh, uh, Repulse Bay over the past weekend. And uh, he says he saw, it's just, uh, I can't really see, it's like some foam on the on the uh, surface of the water and um, mm. he's saying uh, he, he also saw similar scenes across the beaches on the south side of Hong Kong he says that what's going on swimming in Hong Kong waters is a health hazard and uh, that email is from Alonso so uh, Professor Lau you just now you seem to agree with him uh, yeah regarding the pollution yes but uh, when you mention the swimming many people have, have been other uh, illusion that uh, you go out for the water, you can definitely solve the problem of overheat. Um, if the air temperature and the water temperature is go beyond 30 um, Celsius, then our body mechanism will be cheated because we, we are emerging in the water. 
and this perception will trick us that we, we are cooling down, but actually the absolute temperature is still high and you are evaporating, heavy sweating. So under that condition, our body and your perception can be cheated and you, you seldom replenish your water loss. So rehydration should be even more alert when you are doing water activities, especially under the, the extreme sunshine you know, on the beach. So this is something uh, I remember a few years ago, people doing the swimming on the beach in the water, they, they still got uh, heat exhaustion. Yeah, so this should be alert um, during water activities because you are in the water and you think you are cooler and you do not rehydrate uh, yourself that frequently. Right, so I have uh, one more uh, email from a listener, and uh, the listener wants to know, uh, how about school kids? Uh, that's what uh, Ada was talking about earlier. Mm. Um, they have to, they, they uh, need to have summer break, but, uh, but they're still going to school, as uh, most schools teach half day. Then kids coming back home middle of the day. My kid's exam is over, but still he has to go to school till middle of next month. And uh, she thinks the government should think about it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, what about this? Is a bit, uh, this is um, a special year. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So it is not the, the regular season. So I think the school actually uh, already arranged. For example, my daughters when they go to school right now, um, they they actually do the alternative day of the activities, and some are indoor, some are outdoor. So I believe under the the environmental condition of Hong Kong schools, they are very modernized. They are air conditioned. They have shelters, indoor playground. I don't really worry about this. The thing is the water break again, because um, uh, when we look at the exercise physiology of uh, children, they are easier to get overheated. They are not uh, adults. Um, they're sweating heavier. They will be easier to get exhausted. So they need more breaks. So if you can do, uh, uh, give them more water breaks and rest between activities say say for example every 10 minutes give them the uh, one or two minutes so you, you can arrange the PE lessons or, or older activities in a uh, um, sequence that you are not interrupt the, the teaching and learning but you give them activity breaks between uh, the 10 minutes uh, activities and the one or two minutes you will help the water break and the rest so it will help uh, I, I'm not very worried about this situation mm. though um, Professor Lau, what about athletes? You must work a lot with athletes, and I guess even in uh, summer with high temperature, they need to continue their training. So when I was driving uh, to RTHK this morning, I saw cyclists, you know, riding mm -hmm. up the hill, and then runners. I know a number of runners, and they are still sort of training for the um, trail walker, in, and they want to walk 20 kilometers in this extreme <laughs> heat. and. Um, I, I, I guess uh, because they are fit, they they can still do it, right? Um, in terms of the early morning and evening, it's okay. But what I worry is amateur athletes much more than the athletes because the athletes has been trained with uh, experts. So I, I don't really worry about the knowledge and the practice. But amateur, the um, at the moment there are so many information in the internet and, and they and they look up the internet information and some are actually wrong so they have to know how to screen the right and uh, the wrong messages to help them train so i think amateur athletes must be very careful to um 
receive or retrieve those information, especially they should look up to the very uh, international prestigious organizations like the ACSM, like the uh, WHO, um, all those organizations will give those um, uh, rehydration guidelines and, and the training under the heat that will help them to be safe uh, exercise. Yeah. Right. And, and I find, don't think yeah. they, they should uh, they should stop exercise, but they they, they should uh, exercise smartly. That would be uh, more important. Right, and finally, older people, you know, they are a frequent sight in parks, uh, uh, doing Tai Chi, and mm-hmm. and also I read that, uh, you know, for those um, elderly who live in uh, subdivided flats, the, the temperature inside their flat is actually 35 degrees, and they prefer to yeah. go to parks and to walk around in the city instead of staying at home because they can't really do that. Yes. So uh, what yes. sort of advice would you give them? very tough situation for Hong Kong because the space is so valuable. Yes, you are very right. The ventilation under those, those that subdivide the flat and apartments is very bad. So um, go up to the, uh, the, the uh, roof. Sometimes it's not a good choice because the sunshine is too happy. So my recommendation is if they need to go out and they must go out for, uh, for all exercise, it's good for them. But choose some places. They have shelters, trees, shadows. It can help. At the same time, they should bring the red towel and uh, wear the uh, clothes that uh, have a better uh, ventilation materials. Well, of course, these, those kind of materials will be a little bit expensive for those uh, people when they're living in a subdivided flat. So it's, it's really tough for them. But at the same time, the LCSD from Hong Kong government, they, they do provide very... Uh, good environment for them so they can uh, maximize the value of the LCSD uh, local facilities for them. I think this is the only choice for them. All right, uh, Professor Lau, we'll have to leave it here for now. Uh, that, uh, thanks for joining us again this morning. That's uh, Professor Patrick Lau from the Baptist University's Department of Sport, Physical Education and Health. It's now 18 minutes past nine and it's time for us to move on to our next topic. And it's about pet abandonment. Now, a recent study by the Hong Kong Saving Cat and Dog Association shows that the number of pets being abandoned over the past six months or so has increased significantly. To tell us more about the um, overall situation, we're joined now by Sally Anderson, the founder of Hong Kong Dog Rescue. Good morning, Ms. Anderson. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. So what's your understanding of the uh, situation? Are the number of abandoned pets still uh, increasing? Well, it's always been a problem, but Yes, we're definitely seeing uh, more and more people wanting to give up their pets. Um, some of it has to do with people leaving Hong Kong. That, that's that's definitely the case. Um, and I think uh, the other side of it is that a lot of people, um, during the height of COVID, and they were spending more time at home and working from home, um, they they thought it was a good idea to have a, a pet. And, of course, with with the situation now changing, um, a pet is, is not such a good idea. So what, what do they usually do? They just abandon the pet or they would call, you know, Hong Kong Dog Rescue to come and pick up the pet? Well, well we, I mean, all of the uh, animal NGOs are getting requests all the time. For you know, for 
from people asking um, asking us to if we'll accept their dog. Uh, obviously, we only deal in dogs, but the same applies to cats and so on. Um, so, I mean, we're you know we're lucky because we have a, a, a large um, centre in the new territories, Taipo. But at the same time, um, it's not just a question of space. It's even not just a question of money, although obviously every dog costs a lot of money to take care of. Um, it's it's staffing, um, and the you know the volunteers, especially in in this during this very hot weather, you know people just don't want to go out and and um, trudge up and down the the steep steps that we have at our homing centre and so there's there's um, a really limited number of dogs that we can keep for the number of people we have to take care of them and in some in terms of the numbers have you been receiving more uh, more pets recently yes definitely definitely I mean they've been coming in um, on an almost daily basis over the last few weeks so you know it's it's very very difficult and in the summer the adoption rate goes down that's the the other side of it is that fewer are being adopted because um, people are on holiday during the summer so it's always a slow time you know every year and um, this this year particularly bad Right. So, in terms of numbers, uh, you know, how many pets do you have now in your typo center, uh, and <laughs> what, what, what's the increase like? In the hundreds um, well, or in the? Uh, well, we've got we've we don't we haven't we don't count on a daily basis, but we've got over four hundred wow. dogs at um, our typo homing center, and then we've got other dogs um, elsewhere. But typo is is the main center where we where we keep the larger adult dogs. But and it's, it's 400 the, the maximum you can take in? Um, oh. Well, you know, it could be because of the size of the uh, location and the space that we have, you know, it could be 450, um, it, but uh, it's, not, it's not really even just the space. As I said, it's, it's the, the people, the manpower needed to take care of the dogs because they all have to be fed, the enclosures have to be cleaned, uh, the dogs have to be walked, a lot of them are on medication um, and all of these things you know, so that's the biggest um, challenge for us is physically taking care of so many dogs so it's, it's difficult to put a, an actual number on it, what's our limit but um, you know, it's it's uh, when people want to surrender their dogs, they they seem to think, oh, you know, it, it's not a problem for a for a rescue organisation because that's what they do. Um, but it is a problem because you know every dog is an additional workload for um, both financially and physically for the staff and volunteers. And is this the situation at other um, uh, organisations that uh, that rescue uh, pets? Yes, yes, it's it, it, we're all facing the same same problem. Um, and I think because HKDR uh, Hong Kong Dog Rescue, because we do have a very large facility at Taipo, 
um, people tend to think able to take to take more dogs and um, also I mean we get our, our, a lot of our dogs from AFCD the government and there aren't many uh, animal NGOs that can accept large adults um, because a lot of them don't, just don't have so AFCD tend to contact Hello. Oh, I'm afraid uh, the line's been cut. Uh, Miss Anderson, we'll try and get back to you. So, yeah, that sounds like a very worrying situation, Ada. I mean, 400 dogs at a, at a one centre in Taipo. Yes, I, I haven't actually updated these figures, but a few years ago I heard that uh, there are like 200,000 families in Hong Kong uh, who own who a pet. Now, that that's quite a big number. And if some of these families are immigrating or, you know, they have decided not to, um, you know, not to have the pet anymore and, you know, we, we need to... Um, um, give them some advice as to, as to what they should do or they should be more responsible owners and they should yes. really have a pet anyway. Yes, and I think uh, Miss Anderson is back here yeah. again. Hi, thank you. I'm thank back. you for going back. <laughs> <laughs> um, just wondering, um, earlier you are saying that many, one of the reasons why there are so many abandoned pets is because uh, uh, many people are leaving Hong Kong. Um, why are they not bringing the pets with them? Is it just because uh, of how expensive it is? It's incredibly expensive now. I think um, it, it, it's true that it's, it, it's also even finding um, a place on, on, a, on a flight because a lot of airlines are now not even accepting um, pets. And also you can get last-minute cancellations. Um, getting a dog into Australia is... It takes six months to go through all the paperwork and the, and the blood tests and everything. And for a lot of people, it's the time and the money that um, make them just think it's easier to, to just rehome their pet. Right. So, um, so what happens when, uh, if people, if no one adopts the, the pets, uh, the dogs at a dog rescue? Um, well, we're a no-kill organisation, which means we will keep the dogs for the rest of their lives. Um, and in many cases, we do actually keep the dogs for until they die, you know, until they die naturally. Um, and, um, you know, that, that's not something that we want to do. It's not, it's not fair on the dogs. Um, and obviously, an, an old dog is a dog that needs extra care and um, extra vet bills and all the rest of it. Um, but we do we do keep them uh, ever. Yeah, it, it sounds like, uh, Sally Anderson, it sounds like that a lot of Hong Kong people like the idea of having pets and then they are not that responsible. Or is it too harsh to say that? Uh, well, I know from a lot of the adoption inquiries we get, people really don't understand the commitment involved in having a dog and I'm talking about the time commitment you know time meaning um, being there with the dog and uh, exercising the dog um, because obviously people work during the day and they just like the idea of having a dog to come home to but from our perspective 
uh, we look at it from the dog's point of view, which which is being left alone all day is is very lonely. Um, dogs do suffer from stress and anxiety um, if they're left alone because they're naturally um, social animals that live in family groups. You know, pack, uh, packs of dogs. You you, don't, you never see in the wild, and are the, I, I, even including the. Um, you know the 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 dogs that are right. wild in Hong and they are the opposite of cats, I guess. Cats are quite well, happy to like, be left cats alone. Like compa- well, cats do like company too, but they're not. It, uh, dogs are that they do live in family groups, and they they're not uh, solitary animals. So it's very very difficult for a dog and very stressful for a dog to be left alone all day. So <laughs> I think that's the. Um, one of the reasons that people surrender their dogs is because they say they don't have time to take care of them. Once they've realized that actually, you know, a dog means you have to get up every single day. You have to take the dog out every single day. There are certain things that a dog requires every single day, regardless of what the weather's like or what you feel like or whether you prefer to stay in bed. It's not possible when you have a dog. You, you have a commitment to that dog. And um, a lot of people actually don't realise this. Well, I, I certainly hope that uh, you still have a, a good number of volunteers who can help you, uh, you know, at the Hong Kong Dog Rescue. Do you have that? Hello? V- volunteers, I mean. I hope that you have a good number of volunteers who are helping you. Uh, well, yes, we have volunteers. The volunteer numbers fluctuate during COVID. They drop right down to hardly any. Um, and now with the hot weather, again, people, it's extremely hard, you know, especially at our type of homing centre because it is so big and it's on a very steep hill. So there's a lot of steps to go up and down. Um, but we do rely heavily on volunteers to help with, um, socializing, walking, even just being with the dogs. Because, you know, the dogs love company. That's that's the whole thing about them. All right, uh, Miss Anderson, we'll have to leave it here for now. Good luck with your dog rescue work. And uh, thanks again for joining us this morning. And that's uh, Sally Anderson, the founder of Hong Kong Dog Rescue. Many thanks also to you who commented or emailed back chat today and to my co-host Ada Wong and my producer Yuki. Now, here's the weather. It'll be fine and very hot. The very hot weather warning is in force. And the top temperature for today will be around 36 degrees in the urban areas. Winds light to moderate southwesterlies. And the outlook look, staying very hot and sunny this week and early next week. 30 degrees at the moment, relative humidity 72%.